Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, it's hoped that uh, by the end of the year, Ireland will join the relatively small but growing number of countries that have objects in space. Our very first satellite, AirSat-1, has been in development for the past five years. And last week, the Dáil voted to approve some international treaties to make the launch legally possible. We're joined by Professor Lorraine Hanlon from UCD's School of Physics, and she's also director of UCD's Centre for Space Research. Lorraine, good afternoon to you. Hello, Sean. Uh, so just tell us, why did the Dáil need to have a vote on this for the for the project to go ahead? Uh, good question. So that treaty um, dates back from the late 1960s. Um, and when we approached the government uh, asking if uh, we could get the mission authorised by the Irish government, which we need to do under those treaties, it turned out they could find no record that there had ever been a Doha vote taken. So they hadn't actually been formally ratified or if they had, there was no record. So um, in order for them to be able to authorise AirSat-1 and hopefully future satellites, uh, they needed to put this motion before the Doyle and have, have TDs vote on it. Right. OK, so when you, when you st- began this project uh, five years ago, um, was was it just a, a mad idea at the time, or was there kind of some formal? <laughs> well, <Pretty much. laughs> what I mean is, was it was there a formal process by which you could get support and and you know go about the development of the satellite? No, there wasn't at that time. Uh, so we don't have a, a formal space program where you would apply nationally. But we are members of the European Space Agency, and that allows us to participate in their missions and programs. And luckily for us, they have an education office who run a competition called Flyer Satellite for university students all across uh, European member states of ESA. So myself and a student, David Murphy, at the time, along with colleagues uh, across UCD and elsewhere, decided to submit a proposal to that competition um, based on some work we'd been doing for our research, our academic research up to that. And uh, to our astonishment, we were selected to make a pitch um, at the European Space Agency. So we went to the Netherlands, a group of about eight of us, and made the pitch. And we were one of six teams uh, selected to go forward in that competition. Um, So that was obviously five years ago. And since then, we've basically gone from essentially nothing um, to a fully um, uh, built flight uh, spacecraft. And we've learned, you know, really a huge amount along the way with great support from the Flyer Satellite team. Um, and as part of that program, um, we will, fingers crossed, all going well for the next few months, we will also be provided with the launch opportunity uh, through ESA as well. So it is a formal program, in this, but it's not a national one, but it's mm. enabled through our country's membership of ESA. And that initial pitch, where it, it, does that concentrate on, I suppose, what the satellite will do if it's launched? Yeah, there were a lot of things we really didn't understand at the beginning about what they were looking for. Um, so we were very focused on um, some technology we had been developing in our astrophysics research that we wanted to fly on this satellite. But there are many, many other things we had to learn really quickly about um, to be credible. So things like how we would communicate with the spacecraft 
um, because in orbit we have to have a ground station on the ground to collect the data as it goes overhead, um, how we would test it, where we would test it, where we would build it. We didn't have a clean room at the time, which you need uh, to keep everything clean from dust before it can go into space. So really, we we started from a, a relatively low base, I would say, and have and and when we heard the other teams at that workshop, I remember we we were kind of felt we were out of our league because they had access to some amazing facilities and some of those groups. This is their third or fourth satellite that they had developed. Um, but I'm happy to say with this incredible team we have um, that, that we really have bootstrapped ourselves into a very strong position. Mm. So uh, uh, when it is launched, what will it be doing? So we've a few uh, different uh, payloads and experiments that we've developed uh, from scratch. So some parts of the satellite is about a little bit bigger than a litre carton of milk, just for scale. Mm. Um, so there are some common elements in a satellite. So there's a battery, there's a computer, there are solar panels, there's a communications board. So those elements we bought from a Scottish company. But then other ones we've built ourselves. So we've got a gamma ray detector on board that we've developed to look at cosmic explosions called gamma ray bursts, which are so bright that even our small detector, which uses some Irish technology that hasn't been flown before, um, will be able to pick up these explosions. So that's our kind of astrophysics research strand. We also have some really interesting materials that an Irish company called NBio have developed, uh, which are very unusual surface treatments that have flown in space that are on an ESA mission, and we want to see how they perform in low Earth orbit. Um, and we've also developed uh, a module um, that allows the antenna um, to uh, deploy in space. So basically, the issue is that the antenna is much longer than the size of the spacecraft. So we have to curl it up uh, and then release it once we're safely out in space. Um, and that's very tricky to do. Um, so, so the team have developed that from scratch as well. We also have um, a software payload that's going to try out some new algorithms for pointing the satellite safely. Um, so there's a lot of, of new technology um, happening on the satellite that we've developed over the last number of years. Uh, God, there's an awful lot in there. And when you're, you know, uh, choosing what you're going to use the satellite for, do you have to be kind of mindful of the effect of the possibility that maybe other satellites up there doing exactly the same thing, so you don't want to replicate that work? Yeah, a lot of it is is finding. Uh, so, so a lot of these um, detectors, like the one we want to fly, for example, on the gamma ray detection side. We're trying out new technologies and other groups are trying out, you know, different versions or different approaches. And all of that is to to do two things, really, is to use the CubeSat platform, this small spacecraft, as a viable platform for doing science research. And that in itself is really exciting because... You know, not all science has to be done with something like the the JWST or these massive, very expensive um, missions that take decades to implement. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes there's a a type of science maybe you can do more quickly with using uh, components that are really designed for use on the ground, but you can quickly test and show with a CubeSat um, whether or not they'll work in space at all and if they do work can you do science with them on a CubeSat 
or can you use that new technology to, to accelerate the development of the bigger satellites that typically take such a long time to develop because they're one-off? And, and so there's a d- kind of... Sorry to interrupt. Does, does it have its own, uh, any sort of propulsion system by which I mean to kind of keep it in position in whatever uh, um, orbit it's in? So at the moment, no, our our satellite doesn't. Um, some CubeSats now are flying with propulsion. Again, it's all down to the, the small size. It's been tricky to develop propulsion and that's small enough, um, but they are coming on stream now. But for us, we're just going to be put into our orbit and left there and over time we will decay um, Mm. and we will burn up in the atmosphere after we think around five years. Right and as I understand it is going to Belgium now to be kind of stress tested for uh, uh, obviously the stresses of being out and this is is this right you just bring it on the plane as hand luggage? (laughs) We do. <laughs> it's it's very well protected hand luggage, but yeah, it's in a pelly case, and um, yeah, the team are heading off there this afternoon. Yeah. Hopefully, um, um, everything will go smoothly, and uh, they'll be there for about a month doing those stress tests. Do you do you need a permit or anything? Because I imagine going through Dublin Airport and saying, "Oh, well, actually, it's a satellite. We're going to blast this into space <laughs> later," mightn't be the most believable story. Uh, <laughs> They do have they do have official letters yeah, yes. from the university and from ESA saying yes we're yeah, we're that, serious. That is extraordinary. <laughs> All things going well. When do you think the launch might be? We hope um, soon. Um, early in 2023 is the current estimate, but it's not. We're not formally on a launch manifest yet. But the, that, some of that will depend how these tests go, of course. Um, but all going well, it could be as early as uh, next year, early next year. Well, congratulations to you. Uh, uh, it's an extraordinary achievement, uh, Ireland's first satellite. Uh, Lorraine, thank you very much. That was Professor Lorraine Hanlon there, uh, Director of UCD's Centre for Space Research. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.